I hope you like that. Welcome, everybody. Merry Christmas. This is podcast number 234, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And we feel that all men are leaders, leaders of your families, leaders at work, leader in your church and community, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged. And that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook or SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad you're joining us. And we're on this No Church Answers Tour and we're glad that you've joined us. And what we do here is we basically uh, reach back into the scriptures. We update it. We apply it to challenges that uh, we face every day in our man's life and put a man's spin on it. And uh, we have a great panel that does that. And at this point in time, I uh, want to go ahead and introduce the fellows. He is a former world-class policy writer writer, a current professional gambler, and the show's producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, hey Steve. Steve. Hello, hey, everybody. He is a former prosecutor, but an attorney, so he used to prosecute you. Now he'll he'll probably still just talk bad about you. Uh, we call him the judge, <laughs> Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. <laughs> And a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian, we call him the professor, Robert Koshu, in the house. Robert. Hey, Robert. 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 And my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically a uh, kind of a writer, actor, public speaker. It's kind of like my passion, but I work to pay for that passion. I'm just basically a contractor. So anyway, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. And what we are doing this week is we're talking about the Magi. And at this point in time, I want to turn it over to Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, what guy doesn't like a good road trip? <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, and and I, think, I thank you guys for indulging me on this because I wanted, did want to talk about this and, and do this study. Um, it's an interesting story because it literally is men on a faith journey. The Magi were a group of men, and we, we traditionally it's three, but we really the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how many there were. But there was a group of men, and and they're firmly rooted in the study of science and the natural world. But we'll learn. I'll tell you more about them when we get to the reading. Um, but they're they're clearly men who are learned scholars and have studied the heavens, and uh, there's a willingness on their part to investigate and question. And they have an open mind, and and that's what's interesting because it's this open mind that leads them to literally the Son of God. Excellent, uh, Professor. So the Magi go on a journey. Steve calls it a road trip, <laughs> and and I love journeys, and I I like road trips too, by the <laughs> way. Uh, but journeys of faith are really important if you look at our biblical stories. Abraham took a journey of faith. He left the land of Ur and journeyed to the promised land. Joseph took a journey from there with a little encouragement from his brothers to Egypt. The people of Israel journeyed from Egypt 
to the promised land over a period of 40 years. And then Paul did his missionary journeys where he would go out and journey around. Journeys of faith are important because we learn things through that journey. We each are on an independent journey, as Bill likes to talk about. But I think by studying journeys of faith, we can learn a little bit about how our faith can grow through a journey. And I think the Magi at the start of the New Testament here are a fantastic place to start as far as looking at a journey. Excellent. uh, Judge. We three kings of Orient are. Bearing gifts, (laughs) we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. All of us, join join me on the refrain here, folks, if you're listening. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Uh, how can how can the star which is in the east lead to the west? But we we, might, we may talk about some of those questions. But anyway, folks, bright stars top our Christmas trees sometimes on the outside of a house. Uh, in Christian homes around much of the world, the faithful all sing about the star of wonder that guided the wise men to a manger in the little town of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. Their commemorating. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. They're commemorating the star of Bethlehem described by the evangelist Matthew in the New Testament. Is the star's biblical description a pious fiction, or does it contain some astronomical truth? Uh, The three wise men, folks, are as much to us, uh, important to us, as as celebrating the birth of Christ as our Messiah. Uh, It is so something we look forward to when we sit pageant, when we sing songs on on Christmas morn or a week before in our church. And uh, I tell you what, it never ceases to bring joy to me to hear the song about it. Uh, And that's what we're going to be talking about. Right, Bill? Yes, we are. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture, but I just want to throw a couple of things out first. Um, Men, when you're on a journey and you're chasing that trophy, that college degree or you're sacrificing to make that football team or you're studying hard because you want that promotion all that energy and commitment that you're putting in is a mere fraction of what the magi put in if you want to think about that and with that i'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture This is Matthew 2, and I'll be reading 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then he had called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. 
He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, Steve Ditch again. Yes, um Briefly, I, I was doing some, some background research to this. We, the, the only place in the Bible we read about the Magi is in this uh, Gospel of Matthew. Um, and so we can learn some things about them from the text here and also a little bit about what is meant by Magi if it were brought up in a first century context. And Magi, who were they to begin with? Who were? Magi is plural of magus, and a magus as would be understood in the first century was a priest of the prophet Zaroaster or Zaroastrianism, which was a fairly major religion in what was then Babylon and Persia and Mesopotamia, and it had been it had been really existing since about 500 BC. It would continue to exist until about 700 when it gave way to Islam. Uh, as Islam swept through the Middle East, but so the Magi—it's a partial a part of it is astrology, though. Yes, and that's why they're well, connected. Well, but to but the it's astrology. an but not astrology as we think of it today. With uh, they, they're almost clo- it's almost an astrology slash astronomy. Astro- right, uh, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yes. and, and they were very they were, they were they were the closest maybe that period had to scientists in that they were empirical. They liked to study nature, and they certainly studied the heavens. And, uh, and, and a lot was known. The Greeks knew some things. Um, the Greeks had really figured out the world was round. Um, I'm, and, and we know from the writing from the gospel themselves that evidently the, the, the Magi, and they weren't really kings. Um, the, the King James Version translates Magi, which is transliterated out of Greek, uh, as wise men, which is Correct. It's, I, I'm not going to argue with that. The reason the translators at the King James did, they were a little afraid of the word magi. Close to magic. Close to magic. And, and let me make clear that the, the magi were not sorcerers like the sorcerer we encounter in Acts mm-hmm. or the magicians and sorcerers of Pharaoh's time. They, they, were, they were understood to be learned philosophers, scholars. And, and wealthy. And, and wealthy. Fairly, obviously and wealthy. And fairly and wealthy. And we, we, we know. They were. They were they so had they, access to wealth, whether well, it was to, theirs yes, or. Right. To tie it back else. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is probably an offshoot out of the group that Daniel and his friends were part of going all the way back to. So Daniel was captured and taken to Babylon, his friends. Mm-hmm. They became part of the king's court, the wise men. Persia conquered Babylon. Mm-hmm. And probably in addition to the astronomical signs Mm -hmm. that they're reading and watching and seeing, there is probably also some Daniel influence here that that points them to, okay, 
got it, star in heaven. Oh, yeah, Daniel, that guy, he said something about. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so they, this, it, it, it really kind of ties back they, to that. They can obviously, and Daniel is still, folks, Daniel's still revered somewhat in Baha'i and to a certain degree in Islam. They, 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 they don't really know where he died or lived. He probably lived, lived the later part of his life in Persopolis, which was the capital of the Persian Empire. The ruins of it are still in Iran near the city of Shiraz. And that may have been where the Magi came from. We don't know for sure. We know we're pretty certain that they're called Magi. They came out of Mesopotamia. They, but their journey could have started. If it started in Persopolis, it was an 1,100-mile journey. So well, there, they get, a, get an idea of that. And that's Daniel's, Daniel's tomb is still... One of his tombs, his largest one, is in Iran, uh, and it's and it's well kept. Uh, the 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 Iranians are not the Taliban, where they feel necessary to destroy everything that existed before the founding of yeah. of, of Islam. Uh, so they're very proud of their their. But I, I I digress there. So that's where they came from. And yes, Daniel. But so they connected, they connected mm-hmm. this celestial event with this prophecy or with these writings that. Not not just another king would appear, but a, a messianic king. And mm-hmm. and as you can see, they came, and we'll talk about how how they kind of go from the you know from the top with Herod to the bottom down to the working class people of Bethlehem. But they come, they don't come just to celebrate the inauguration of a of a new king like a coronation. They come, and it's clear they come to worship, and the gifts they bring which we'll get into, point to a god, not just a king. Yeah. Well, and not only that, um, and it also says, uh, says in the text that when uh, the Magi arrive, uh, Jesus is uh, two or so, mm-hmm. is, is more like a toddler. And you figure that if a camel uh, train can move at about 10 miles a day, that would put that at uh, right about three years. Yeah, to travel to travel that yeah. distance, and and another thing, when I was just kind of rolling that through my head, I thought they noticed a difference immediately. If they got there after journeying eleven hundred miles and were able to do it at ten miles a day. And the babe was only two years old. Yeah. When they saw it, they recognized it, and they immediately got going. That, to me, is one of the things that nobody ever talks about. They knew something immediately, and they got their resources together, and they moved. Well, they, 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 the, the star held of the birth, it took them two years to get there. And what I find, the, my favorite part of the story really is they go to Jerusalem. <laughs> Could they go to the temple? Well, why wouldn't that, they? That, yeah, that, you know, hey, this is the king of the Jews. I would have gone there. That, yeah, that, <laughs> That's where there. the king is, and, right? And, and you want to see devious evil. Herod the Great got that title because he had... He was king, we'll translate that to vassal slash 
Rome, what can I do for you? <laughs> right. He was trying to get back to Rome. No, I, no, he wanted to. He wanted to rule Israel, but he recognized he had to do it under Rome. And he, right. but he, you know, you notice how he, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's not here. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Priest dudes, come here. Where's, you know, and, and the funny part about it is Herod's a Jew. He built a <laughs> temple. I mean, Herod, the temple that Jesus talks about and visits and does all his fun stuff with, that's referred to as Herod's temple because he built it. But he, even he doesn't know where the Messiah is supposed to be born. So he calls the priest over, and they're like, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. You should know that because it's written here, you know. <laughs> <That's> uh, okay, <laughs> whatever. And, but I don't know if they put it that way. But, but notice, oh, no, I'm sure they did not. <laughs> but but notice how Herod, oh, yeah, go y'all go find him. And when you find him, let me know because I want to come worship him too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you notice the Pharisees didn't go out with him either. <laughs> oh, this yeah, This is what's no. very interesting because yeah. the Lord often comes to he, he reveals himself to the poor, the, um, uh, the victims, whatever. And, 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 of course, we won't say the Magi's are victims. But he reveals himself many times to the unsuspecting, to the people. He doesn't, re- he doesn't reveal himself to the Pharisees and the lawyers because they're too knowledgeable. And knowledge often blinds the truth, right, guys? When you have too much knowledge, it blinds the truth. Well... There's a Michael Molinar that believes the wise men were, in fact, very wise and mathematically adept astrologers. And they also knew about the Old Testament prophecy that a new king would be born in the family of David. Most likely, they had been watching the heavens for years, looking for alignments that would foretell the birth of this king. And it, I'm getting to a place where this mentions what you said, Bill, earlier. When they identified a powerful set of astrological portents, they decided the time was right to set out for the prophesied leader, which is what you guys are saying. What they saw when they saw the event in the heavens and the stars lining up or the planets, whatever it was, this is the time they would start out. When they they had been looking for it, they knew the, the heavens, they knew the stars. And by the way, you guys ever go outside on a on a night where you don't have sight, street lights mm. and go you see country, thousands yes. and thousands and thousands of stars, right? Yeah, where there's no light pollution. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. How in the world would you know the sky so well that you can pick out an alignment or a, 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 an anomaly that is so important it would cause you, like you guys have said, cause you to drop everything and travel Eleven hundred miles. Well, at this well, time, and, and, right? it, and it's not just it's not just an alignment; it's a specific alignment. Right. Or I mean, it, it could it, be a single star, or an alignment right, of stars, right. or well, a whatever nova, it was. But it was very, nova. very specific to that event yeah, that was recognized. Yeah, absolutely, it was specific, and we're going to dig back into it when we get back. This is Man Up Podcast Number Two Thirty Four. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. 
to finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org thank you so much for your support and now back to the fellas of man up and welcome back everybody this is podcast 234 man up spiritual oasis for men podcast no church answers and we're diving into the journey of the magi we're talking about they were scientific they were uh, they were obviously astute and they took this on journey on and which is fascinating to me is the fact that it was what they read in the sky and not what they were told so they were interpreting their surroundings they made a decision that would literally impact the next six years of their life. Three years there and three years back. But also, I believe that they believed this would impact their lives forever. Well, I think that's why they did it. They had to see this. They, yeah, we have to I'm, check yeah, this out. I, and I'm going to, I, I mean, it's, it's not, I don't, I think they were faster than, than three years I think they took two, but but two. let's 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 but but yeah. there is you know, there is some it's time. four Can years, it, and it may have been it, five. It, two right. there, they may have rushed there. Let, yeah, let me let me. This is this is back. stuff to take up what you're doing because it's it's interesting because you know for, for years really yeah. since yeah. since yeah. since the bit. since the gospel was written you know first astronomers but now we're getting into the you know 21st century the astronomers been asking was there some kind of celestial event at this time now a couple of things. Um, one is that the Chinese astronomers record back can, back at the time back in back mm-hmm. in three B I'm sorry in five BC recorded a comet they called it the Broom Comet there was a comet around five BC uh, but more interesting and this is only really recent because now they have computers that can Model. clock back yep, how right. the and. Astronomers have determined, they're not saying anything, I mean, just this exists as a fact simply. There was a major conjunction of Jupiter and Venus yes. that lit up the sky. It was about a fifth, the fifth the size of, the full, of a full moon. If you can imagine how bright a full moon is, and, and going back to, this is before streetlights. Mm-hmm. So this thing lit up the night, and it appeared, they know of a date, it appeared August 5th, 3 B.C., uh, 3 BC, and also an unusual for a conjunction because of the way the planets were. They kind of stayed really close to each other for about 10 months. Really? Yes. And it appeared that as one star, they were that yes, close. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right? This thing. I, I mean, and, and you know, you can yeah. argue that the maybe the the, the Friday would have known it wasn't a star. It was, but nonetheless, there was there was this this celestial event around 32 BC. 
Um, that's undeniable. Now, you, you don't have to necessarily base your whole faith on that, I'm saying. But right. these things happened, and that would be certainly long enough to make a good part of that trip. And that would be so different from your mm-hmm. normal night sky mm-hmm. that you'd unless you were an absolute mm-hmm. moron mm-hmm. and didn't care about what you saw in the sky, <laughs> it would get your well, attention. You know, most people, you know, and, uh, but and, you know what I'm saying. But, but let's, let, let's go back to, to, to Jerusalem and, and, and the, I, I like it in this, the, 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 the Jerusalem is used in, used the way in this text, kind of like the way we, the press talks about Washington. Jerusalem was disturbed. Washington is nervous right. about developments yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so these guys, these the Magi come, and apparently it's not that big a secret because you could at least the the count, the Herod and his his advisors and priests now start talking about this. And but to take your point, nobody goes with them. Yeah. Look, look yeah. at that. I, I these guys that. come all the way from Persia. Right. And. Bethlehem is, what, 10, 20 miles away? Maybe well, less, 12, 12 miles, miles it's away? Sort of, yeah. It's a day but, trip. But, but, and no. none of them say, hey, you know, this is in my, this is in wherever they, what, did they draw this out of Micah, the, the Bethlehem? Yeah, okay. Well, and I mean, all this stuff. is more concerned about it than they yes. are, right? No, uh, and they're okay. supposed okay. to be the scholars. How about this? The, the scholars of our time and their time to predict the Messiah and they're all supposed to be looking for the Messiah. <laughs> this is not some ordinary dipstick <laughs> screw-up that they did. They are supposed to be looking for the Messiah, the Jews. Who, but who would you brag about coming to the birth of your child? Your neighbor, Shirley, stopping by? Or these folks that came from across the Yeah, but it wasn't very choice where the Pharisees came to the birth of the child. Yeah. You're talking about your well, but but here's the thing: all those visitations are done. The local visitations are over. This is a toddler now, mm-hmm. right? You see what I'm saying? There, I mean, he's already uh, he's a terrible get, get, yeah, get, get, yeah. right. Right. The cuteness is done, or they may be used to him. He's just another kid. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, that was her response too, right? To them, whereas whereas the Magi is coming, no, yeah, this is special, and so and with that, I think he they reinforce the idea that Jesus is Lord, even though, like Mike said, he's in his terrible twos at this point in time. It's an interesting. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting because the birth of Jesus gets announced. One time, but at two different times, it's recognized. The first time is that night where we had the heavenly angels singing mm-hmm. to the shepherds, who, by the way, were the shepherds that probably kept the temple flocks that were mm-hmm. sacrificed, which right. I always find that to be very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trough that they placed Jesus in, a manger trough, was actually made of stone. It's not a wooden trough like we think of and they would swaddle the unblemished lamb that the priest would come and take and put them in that trough to protect them the ones who would be designated for the sacrifice so they don't get blemished yeah they don't get like exactly banged around so they would swaddle Mm -hmm. don't even wow yeah that's (laughs) some wild symbolism but 
at the same time, you have this spectacular astronomical event, mm-hmm. whatever it was, supernova alignment, miracle, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I tend to lean both. I, I think there was an alignment that mm-hmm. did the announcement. But I, it's, it's, I think you have to take note that the text says when they left Jerusalem, the star went in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a whole nother <laughs> thing to think about. Well, that's nothing else. Oh, I'm sorry, but no, 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 that's saying? fine. But you, but you get into this, and then they show up. Mary and Joseph have not left Bethlehem, which I've always found that very intriguing. I'm guessing maybe they didn't want to travel with an infant, maybe that which could, at, at that time, which I would now, understand. Now, well, yeah. Rerun that podcast. We talked about that they could have been kind of cast out of their yeah, cast out of <laughs> Nazareth because. Mary was mm-hmm. with child oh under, unexpectedly yes, yes. there. Um, but, you know, so then the Magi show up. Now, I, I want you to picture this. So here's this lowly carpenter that moved in two years ago. And, you know, somebody had to go, wasn't that the guy that was born in the, in the show? What the heck? I he, wonder if that was all forgotten. Yeah, and it, it may and, have been. And you wonder, you wonder what... And what Mary's thinking, Mary, you know, obviously, I don't know if they, the, the shepherds saw the angels or experienced right. that. I don't exactly know what, well, all right, Mary and Joseph both were touched by the divine. No question about that. Right. But, you know, two years from now, it's everyday stuff. But I know yeah. what you're getting to. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, these three learned guys who show up on camels, which isn't how most people travel, <laughs> they're probably dressed differently. They're from Persia, not uh, yes. I don't. They're, wearing, think they're wearing the shiny gold, purple. I, yeah, I don't like But they probably right. have a bit of an entourage with them. Oh no, they yeah. definitely so have an entourage. So. They're traveling they for 1,100 yeah. miles. They've got to carry food, mm-hmm. and they've got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were no Buckies to stop out on the road trip. <laughs> yeah, you know, to get your Buckies. There were no Buckies You know, so so they they had an entourage they're traveling with, but I find the whole idea of the journey intriguing because what did they talk about on this journey? Because they had to keep looking at the star and seeing the alignment. Well, you can't look at the star during the day. Yeah, and I, 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 think they, I think they traveled mainly at night because you would travel at night when it was cool, mm-hmm. especially desert. That, that's a very I, common travel mode is you rest during the day mm-hmm. and you travel at night because A, it's cool, mm-hmm. and B, if you are quote unquote following the star, yeah. then you you need mm-hmm. that navigational aid as it were. Well, right. <laughs> I, Michael on. Marlin doesn't think they're following the star all the time. <laughs> he thinks and it, they oh. uh, he, what he theorizes oh. is it occurred six years BC. Mm-hmm. That they yeah. saw the okay. image mm-hmm. and the thing that just blew them away. Mm-hmm. Then they had to get out their charts, which took six to eight months to plot mm-hmm. where they're going. They figured out they were gonna go to Judea, right, which is 1,100 miles, and they take. He says they take about five years to get oh, there. Oh, okay, wow, which okay. is what you said, Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so, the star. There is explanation for that from the uh, the Greek math, math mathematical astrology. Certain planets, and and Stevie brought this out again. He says that Jupiter will disappear on the horizon when the sun comes up for a few months. The only stars or planets that move in the heavens are the planets. Right. Not stars the stars, are always right? in the same place. Yes, so he correct. says, uh, they, they call this oh, an Anatoly, 
N.T. Anatoly, but he says the planets, the sun and, and moon wander through the fixed stars. In fact, the word planet comes from Greek word for wandering okay. star. And they have a special term for it. Whenever it reappears at a certain moment, that moment is to, to astrologers is called a heliacal rising. And he says a heliacal rising, that special first reappearance of the planet, is what is referred to in Greek, ancient Greek astrology. The reappearance of the planet like Jupiter was thought by Greek astrologers to be significantly significant, uh, pardon me, symbolically significant for someone born on that day. So if they mm -hmm. saw these two stars or, or two planets aligned, as you said, mm -hmm. Steve, it was so awe-inspiring. They said, we've got the birth, not of a person, but of someone divine and as a king as well. And so they get their charts together, and it starts in this. So we, we don't have really the time preferences, you guys, like you guys have said, when when Jesus was born and how old he was. But they say, they, ex, they approximate six years before, then they go for five years and they find him at, and they mm -hmm. call it the birth of Christ whenever he is actually born or whenever it occurs mm -hmm. and they get there anyway. But, and, and, and the star being part, is parked over the manger. The star parked directly over the manger, the word well, used as well, transferred. It's, it's not a manger. Right? Yeah, yeah, by now like, they're in the house. Parked over the house. But don't go, people, don't go. Changing that's all your from our your, your nativity yeah. scenes yeah. around. We're not yeah. here to disrupt your Christmas tradition. <laughs> well, he says, okay. he says literally the star <laughs> Jupiter, mm -hmm. or it could be yeah, Venus, Venus in this case, mm -hmm. will actually come up again, mm -hmm. and they will change directions. You will yeah, literally see mm -hmm. them come on the horizon. They will mm -hmm. change direction, go the other direction. So it is possible that a planet, or what we call the star, mm -hmm. would actually go in a different direction mm -hmm. to lead them from the east to ah, the south. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. interesting, very interesting. This occurs when the Earth, which orbits the sun more quickly than Mars or Jupiter or Saturn, catches up with or laps the other planet, <laughs> and it'll make it appear to change direction. It will, it, but we change directions, but mm -hmm. the planet to us will change direction. It, it appears right? to change direction. Right. So, uh, anyway, it, it, just a quick thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we're going to go ahead and change directions mm -hmm. and uh, take our second break. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast number 234, we are on that No Church Answers Tour, and we're talking about the Magi, and I have not learned this much about astronomy since, well, <laughs> I never took an astronomy class, so I, I never learned much about it, but I always liked it. One thing that we do here at uh, Man Up is we like to put a man's spin on things. And so as we uh, 
go through and talk about uh, the Magi. I just want to uh, um, make we're, we're going to put a man spin. I'm going to start off by there's got to be something in your life that is worth your reverence. And I think that the Magi found it. That was something that it was worth the upheaval that it undoubtedly caused in their life. And, and the thing about it is when you find it, if you don't achieve it, that does not have any reflection on the integrity of your dream. It, ha it has every bit to do with the difficulty that you have realizing that dream. And I think even if the Magi hadn't, and maybe it's, there were some Magis that were with them that did not complete the journey. We only find out about the ones that did. But the integrity and the worthiness of the destination was worth the hardship well, that it I, caused. Yeah. The reason uh, the reason we should admire the Magi, I think you're exactly right, because we live in in today's we live in cynical times. And we think we think we're more cynical, maybe we are more cynical than than, than people in those days, but uh, we were talking about how how this didn't matter much to Herod's court except Herod was worried about the, the you know arrival for his power. <laughs> but these guys, these guys were smart guys. These were not the, the media, the elites like to project Christians as dumb as a rock, as hicks, as, you know, they look at the Gospels, oh, it's all myth, it's all made up, oh, yeah, stars, well, there's lots of legends about stars appearing when kings appear, and that's true, but, you know, the, the whole thing is just, the whole thing is, um, they've made up their mind that it's all not true. And that, that only silly people would do this. And here we have an illustration of men, magi, who were not silly people. They were, in many cases, wherever they were, the smartest guys in the room. But they were not at the point where they thought there's more to learn about, quite literally, heaven and earth. And so they do pack up on this long journey because something grabs their attention and, you know, maybe, maybe they had the conversation on the way, you know, after the, on the, on the sixth month of this saying, is this really worth it? Is this, you know, we, you know, this, this thing, you know, we can look back at the charts and this has happened uh, what before. Did, tell me, what did you see again? <laughs> and what and, was it? you know, and maybe, maybe they had, but they, but they stick it out and they have at the end, at the end of the road, literally, they have an awesome experience. Moment. They meet yes. the son of well, God. God. They meet the Son yeah. of God. And because only because they, they were open-minded enough to, add, to just say to themselves, let me check this out. Let's go. Let's, 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 let's get in the car it. and take a little journey here and see what's what. Well, Unlike the Pharisees and the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, the lawyers, and, and, and not only that, but they practically prepared for the journey because mm -hmm. if oh, you're yeah. going to worship and see someone, you bring a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they brought three gifts that were A, symbolic mm -hmm. gold you know always a gift to royalty mm -hmm. um frankincense which is a sweet smelling perfume that was the that was the god that was yep. the mm -hmm. and myrrh mm -hmm. which was also a spice but it was really 
the primary use the Israelis had for it was an embalming. Embalming. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was. They. That was what the women had at the tomb. Yeah. On yeah. Easter, they, they. It was burial. It was burial. Bomb. Yeah. Right. Burial bomb. And so, these are symbolic gifts because obviously gold for a king, mm-hmm. frankincense it's for a god, right, and, and myrrh for the sacrifice. For the sacrifice. Right. But they become very practical gifts because gold is quite obviously very expensive, mm-hmm. as we all know. But back then, frankincense and myrrh were also very valuable because Bill didn't read it. Now, what we do know is the the Magi get the dream that says, Ed, don't go see Herod. He's not on the mm-hmm. up and up with you, so they take off another mm-hmm. way. They leave, and that night, Joseph gets a dream. And Joseph's, the angel of the Lord appears again to Joseph and says, get up, get Mary, get the child, and get out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Get out of Bethlehem and go to Egypt now. And I'm sure, I'm sure that, now we all have wives. I'm sure that went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) Honey, wake up, (laughs) pack up, we're leaving, we're going to Egypt. I I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Because... No, I I think that Mary understood Joseph because I, she I think told he had the to tell same her a thing. Times. She had to tell Joseph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. This was the flip so of this that. was the flip yeah. side of it, and she, and she probably realized this is a special deal. And here's the thing about um, about extra effort. When you put in extra effort, and people realize it. All of a sudden, you've given value to that person or that thing, that event Mm -hmm. that you made the extra effort for. For example, if you go out of your way to go to an out-of-state wedding, uh, you are going to get honored much more than the person who was right next door because you made the effort. But also, though, Mary and Joseph understand that wow okay the word is out this is going to be much bigger than we expected when the foreigners start showing up all of a sudden this is a big deal but they they head out because in the next day or so Herod's not noticed and and I always found this intriguing and, and we talked a lot about this in our study of Judges. Where the heck were the Levites? Well, in this case, I'm going to say, where were the Pharisees and the priests and mm-hmm. all of those guys? Because they didn't show up to protect. You know, it, this, this almost didn't even pass muster with them. Because they kind of, yeah, 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 Herod wants to know. Tell him, what's it say? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, because they... They don't show up. Talk to about talk about the cynicism. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, that that of course Herod gives the order. The the, the magi show up, and the the the, the priests. The, Herod orders them look up all the prophecies you can on the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Where's the he next to be born. Then yeah. the next thing Herod is doing is let's wipe out all boys, two and, and, and under, and, and like not nobody. You, you wonder nobody there said, so, "Oh, that's probably, you know." Nobody, we don't, we don't, we don't know. But it appears nobody of influence stood up and, to Herod and say, "No, we, we really, we, this is, this you can't do this, Herod. What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and I find that intriguing because it's it almost, it's 
almost a class thing. Well, it's just those poor people down in Bethlehem. Yeah. Right? Just <laughs> wipe them out. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all fine up here. And besides, the Messiah is not going to be born in, you know, yeah. in yeah. Bite to a carpet. A little, little, backwater, <laughs> yeah, little yeah. backwater town. Could, <laughs> I got a fascinating couple of questions to ask, guys. That oh. We oh, you hold it right till the end. Of course. Of course, you hold them till the end. Okay. You ready? Ready, Bill? Bring okay, first of all, did the Magi, uh, pardon me, did the star really appear to the Magi or stars, whatever it is? Oh, I definitely think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Well, I absolutely. Yeah, right. I, I agree with absolutely. that. Did the Magi really come to see the child? Absolutely. 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 Right? Now, I, I, now, however, hold, hold that thought well, no, for just no, a second. No, that's okay. not what's interesting. Okay, okay. We're gonna, we'll He's going to prosecute you now. Here's what we never ask and we Whoa. never quite ah. get to. Okay. Did God create this fantastic event for the birth of the child? Did he create the birth of the child around the natural event? Oh. Oh. Let's go back further. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's the timing. God uses his natural events to get what he wants done. I can done. buy that. Same thing with Pharaoh. Too. Pharaoh, all these were, remember yeah. Pharaoh when he released they, they accept, well, let's yeah. go. He created natural events with locusts, right. frogs, mm-hmm. right? The river is turning to blood, and I'm not sure how he accomplished that mm-hmm. or the fact that the firstborn were died. But God is quite aware of his events right. in time because he created he, the time. He, he, he put he the stars in motion. Yes. So, yes. so, so <laughs> That's a very interesting so thought. So, yeah, well, I, 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 I like this thought that, well, I, that I, like I mean the traditional the traditional reading might be well god you know reached in and spun some stars around no, no, no. he's he basically looked you know it's millennia time. ago i set up the i set up the, this is most of the calendars what that at <laughs> such and such is issues yeah, what that, is I like, that is actually more stupendous than the idea of kind of just and it makes you a know, lot of sense yeah, biblically yeah, i can okay. back that up what word is used in the fullness of time. time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. No. You know, that... No, we never talked about this. I thought, gosh, that, I know you guys. I like that. Okay, so... Winner, so winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, that I really... So, so yeah. my question awesome. is, though, why is this in Matthew and not Luke? Really? And here's why I'm doing this. Okay. okay, because Luke's interest was a different interest. Totally agree okay. with that. Totally, totally right. different. No, I didn't in all the four Gospels. Right. I agree well, with you, the, Robert. The four but, Gospels, but the only thing I Mark, has no, Mark has no... No, no, no nativity narrative. Yeah, no, no birth narrative at all. Mm-hmm. Well, do, Dr. Luke's a Gentile, right? Right. Yes. right. And, and he was and, a Jew. Jewish and a, a Jewish collector. Right. And note it, and, and Matthew's because right? Matthew's, but Ma- and and in line with that, that's why Matthew tells us what's going on in Jerusalem. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's he is writing this gospel for the Jews, and basically pointing out, hey, yes, hey, yes. King Herod missed this boat. <laughs> and, I, I would agree. And, right. and yeah. Luke, Luke is writing. For, I mean, it's 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 and 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 we know roughly Luke may have Luke came after Matthew and Mark. So mm-hmm. Luke may have just kind of said, hey, that, that part of the story is known. It is interesting that it's missing in Luke because you think yeah. something yeah. That, that, that you think would and, be and in John, there. John's birth narrative is his first. He's the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, <laughs> yes. the Word was God. That is, mm-hmm. Matt, that is John's mm-hmm. birth narrative. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, I always found it interesting because Luke, go, Luke gets Mary's story. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole idea, of, mm-hmm. if you read it, everything in the, the parts that they have together line up. Mm-hmm. This is like the omission from Luke. Because Matthew does say he's born in Bethlehem. He kind of leaves out a whole manger piece to it, you know. But it, but it's always intrigued me that that and and you may be right, Steve. It may be a focus on the Jewish mm-hmm. focus more than. It also may be that Matthew had an interest in astronomy or astrology, <laughs> well, right? And Doctor Luke did not. There, there, right? there. Matthew, what, what Matthew we, has some very what we interesting personally details. Like, yep, we tend to follow and we tend Correct. to relate to the Lord. Yep. Our own personal well, Matthew we, connects Bethlehem with Scripture. Also, oh yes, he does. He uses this as a as a as a way of rolling out the Scripture. Right. That that the 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 as with, but you Bethlehem land of Judah, no least out of you will become a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people. Well, that's from Micah five two, but it's and Luke does not, and Matthew does that throughout the Gospel. Right. He, Matthew, he calls back prophecy yeah matthew actually ties him back to david in mm-hmm. matthew chapter one mm-hmm. where he goes yes, through the, the whole genealogy, genealogy of jesus mm-hmm. right and uh as we're coming down to the end of podcast number 234 uh we've had some great discussion about the magi and as we come to this uh christmas season uh want to just have a few little different wrinkles in yes this wonderful story uh, that we have yearly. So I want to go around the room one more time and get some final thoughts and takeaways from the fellows and start with uh, the judge, Michael Cropper. Yeah, folks, I can, I can remember, uh, I, I personally think God created the universe and I think he's in control of it completely. In most cases, I think regarding the stars that lined up or whatever the Magi saw, First of all, we, we here, all of us, as we just stated, we believe it occurred. We believe the birth of Christ was foretold in scriptures. We believe the Magi saw it in the heavens, whether they were astronomers or astrologers, and we believe they responded to it. Whether they knew anything about Christ or not, they did when they left, as Steve said. And Robert said, when they came... When they came to see what this star was predicting, the birth of someone royal or someone special, and maybe even with divine authenticity because the, uh, the alignment of the stars or whatever they saw in the heavens was so great, they went away a different and changed person. People. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, went around, they went away as believers. Now, uh, folks, Christmas is a time we celebrate the Christ and a time we look forward uh, to giving gifts, and by the way, that again is it was a started probably from the Magi themselves who brought the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas. But you know what, folks, it, it, if you're listening and you don't have money to buy gifts, uh, give your heart, give your love, do something for somebody, say hi, um, do something practical, help them with problems or projects they have. Some people can afford gifts, some people cannot. We're here to tell you that the reason for the season is giving and for loving and, and to know Christ as Savior. And if you have not accepted him as your Savior uh, and Lord, we do ask you to ask him to come into your life, and he will do that, folks. He came into my life when I asked him. He made a change in my life. And uh, 
And by the way, one of the things I was going to tell you, the reason I believe that, that God does change or burst circumstances around his events as he created the universe was I was born in 1951. And in 1950, I believe they created penicillin. I was born and, and caught bronchitis almost right away as a baby. Uh, you would not have lived if you didn't have penicillin unless they, there were not hardly any antibiotics at that time. But I, I attribute to that God, not that God created penicillin for Mike, but that he waited to have Mike's birth and Mike's life after penicillin was created. And that has been a mainstay for my life because I've had many weak defenses in my life and I've caught many, uh, many sinus infections that could have turned into pneumonia or, or um, bronchitis, as I said. So I'm a firm believer that God uses his creation and he uses our lives to fit into the events as he chooses to do it. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu, a takeaway from you. Like the Magi, we're all on a journey. Find, strengthen your journey and be like the Magi. Don't be cynics <laughs> about things. Find the wonderment in your faith and find the wonderment, like Mike says, in this season. You know, that, that it really is about stopping and pausing and recognizing that without Christmas, we don't get Easter. Christmas is the point where God chose to insert himself into human history. And I think that intersection of God into history is one of the most consequential things. You know, for 33 years, God walked around with us. And that is really what the Christmas story is about. Excellent. Uh, Producer Steve Titch. Yes, I, I, I hope everybody who's been listening has been enjoying this as much as I have. Uh, yeah, question, um, explore, and I guess uh, as we find the Magi did, the Magi, of course, were warned about Herod, and thus they had practical reasons for taking another route home. But metaphorically or symbolically, after, after encountering the Lord we have the opportunity to choose a new road. And they did, and uh, so may it be with all of us. And I guess to, to leave, I guess the, we talked briefly about, uh, you know, what did they talk about on the way there? What did they talk about going home? And yeah. I'll leave everyone to think about that. <laughs> and I think all of us would like to say before Bill closes us out, we'd like to say Merry Christmas Merry to everybody. Absolutely. If you're Merry listening. And thank you for listening, Bill. Uh, this has been a, a great podcast, and uh, everybody's so different. Uh, my notes are, are totally different than, uh, than what the other fellows' notes are. And I just wanted to say, though, so many times we look at these Bible stories and we think, wow, I wish I was David, or I wish I was Paul, but understand this, the merely curious can be a big part of the story, and so if you live your life like that, you never know, you live it with faith and curious, you never know where it'll take you. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, and you know, we want to thank our donors and supporters. Our podcast ministry just received a huge boost 
from Preach the Word Network TV. This is a Christian streaming platform. They have offered us a streaming slot for 26 uh, one-half-hour podcasts. We're going to call it No Church Answers, and we at Man Up need your support. So won't you visit our Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men TV podcast on the GoFundMe.com and help us reach our funding goal? Your contributions are tax-deductible. And once again, thanks so much. On behalf of producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox, and we are on this faith journey. We want to invite each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class, kind of like what we have here for that deep faith discussions and find one that's for men only if there is one start one this is man up